Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When we take a look at the readings today, there's some of my favorite readings, I think, in the Bible, right? John chapter 1, first off, in the beginning was the Word, the Word is with God. These, these words are so phenomenal that they're considered some of the greatest thoughts in all of history that can ever be done by a single person, and that's by the Gospel of John. That writings and writings and books that can fill an entire library have been dedicated to just the first chapter of John. So there's so much richness there that can be talked but even in the first two readings that we received, the first one, right, from recounting from the, uh, the book of Exodus, when it is that here are the Jews who are leaving Egypt, who were slaves in Egypt, and God had saved them through Moses, right, did miraculous things to, in order to release them. Here he is parting the Red Sea, here he is cursing Egypt until he allows his people to go. Here is Moses who does all these things by the power of God. And yet, here they are in the wilderness. Here they are now finally going to the promised land that God has promised for them. And they forget the promises of God. They forget how good God is to them. And what do they do? They complain. They grumble. And they don't appreciate. You say, how much food did we have in Egypt before it is that you let us out into the wilderness? Here they are complaining to Moses. Here we are. We, we were so great in Egypt, right? They forget they were slaves. They forget they had masters. They forget they didn't have enough to eat. They said, look how much we had to eat. And yet here we are. We're kind of traveling through the desert. And, you know, life is not as great as it once was. In reality, they forget that when they were slaves, life was terrible. Life was absolutely terrible. A lot of times we move into the spiritual life. And it becomes much more difficult, much more difficult. It's much easier to just not trust in the promises of God and to say, man, how much easier was it when I could just do whatever I wanted, when I didn't have the church telling me what to do, when I didn't have Jesus telling me what to do. Life was so much easier when I was my own God. Life was so much easier when I was in control of everything. Life was much easier when I didn't have anyone telling me what to do. How much more easier is it? How much more easier is it to forget that Jesus Christ has come to deliver us from our sins, to give us true life. And true life means life to the fullest, not just existence. Not just we're here, we're kind of going along with life until the day we die. And whatever comes along, comes along, whatever it might be. But we're just going to keep going along until, you know, you find something worthwhile. And then it just kind of dies off, we die, and that's about the end of life. That's the most depressing way to live with life. If Jesus Christ is not at the center. If we don't take him at his promises, we die. We die. We don't receive the eternal life that we've been asking for. So here is the Gospel of John that begins with the message of life, right? It begins with the message of creation. Here is Jesus Christ who created the world, he tells us, out of love, right? Here is the Word made flesh and now dwells among us. And then John also at the very end of his Gospel, the end of the Gospel of John, he says, these things are recorded, these things are written for you that you might know Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that you might understand and believe in His name and receive life and life to the fullest. But what does that mean? Right? What does that mean to receive life to the fullest? John tells us at the beginning, the light enters into the world. But people get so used to their darkness that they don't want to see the light. They could care less about the light. They're too comfortable in their darkness. They kind of have glimmers that they want to change. They kind of see, you know, maybe I do want to change. Maybe I do want to repent. And we see this. 
Here is John the Baptist who is baptizing in the Jordan. And people come up to him and saying, who are you? We're looking for something. Here are crowds and crowds of people that are searching for something that is greater than them. Because they realize how broken they are. And they're searching for it. And they go out and they look for it. They're looking for eternal life. But what is eternal life? What is John talking about here when he speaks about Jesus being the eternal life, right? First, life we have to understand is very simply, very, very simply, is the opposite of death, right? It's the opposite of death. It's that thing which is not dead, but something that has life, that has movement. What it tells us in John 3.16, everyone knows John 3.16, right? God sends His only Son into the world that those who believe in Him might not die, but have eternal life. That those who believe in Him might not die, but have eternal life. That those who believe in Him might not die, but have eternal life. He comes into our world that we have life, and life to the fullest. Right? Life to the fullest. Again, to make Jesus the center of your life is living. To make Jesus the center of your life is true life. To make Him the King of your heart is how we, it is that we are to get along with the world and how it is that we are to put our faith in and we put our faith in Jesus Christ. When we say, I trust in your promises, I trust in everything you have planned for me, that is when we truly live. Not when we look into horoscopes. Not when we look into Finjan. Not when we look into all these other things in which we place our trust in. I don't care if it's yoga meditations, I don't care if it's crystal glass meditation, I don't care about all these things. When it is that we place Jesus Christ at the center of our life, and only Jesus Christ at the center of our life, and say, I have complete hope in you and only in you, that is when we are truly living. That is when we are no longer dead, but that is when we begin to accept the light. That is when we begin to shine the light in our own hearts, that we don't sit in darkness and we don't say, I'm comfortable enough in my own darkness. No, no. We say, I'm approaching the light, and the light now shines in my heart, and it's showing me what it is that I miss. And that is Jesus. Second, true life is realizing that we are in darkness, that we are in sin, and accepting Jesus, who brings life into our hearts, means working with Him to conquer our sins. It means working with Him each and every day to realize that we are in sin, but to work on it. Don't get too comfortable in your sin. Don't get too comfortable in saying, eh, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm a good guy, I'm a good person, I do kind of things I have to do, I go to church every Sunday, I, I'm a Christian, I, sometimes I pray when I wake up in the morning, before I sleep, whatever it might be. Sure, I do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not that bad compared to this other person or whatever it might be, right? Or, you know, this sin is not that bad, I can stop anytime I want, whatever it might be. I don't really have a problem here. When we don't acknowledge that we sit in darkness, we'll never see the light. When we don't acknowledge that we are in sin, we'll never see the light. We'll never see what it is that Jesus wants us to see. Don't get too comfortable in sin. Recognize that we are all sitting in sin. And sometimes, when it is that the light of the world comes into our life, we don't accept it. And that goes in to our other point. So what kind of life is this that Jesus promises us? What does he mean by eternal life? Eternal means forever, right? But what kind of a life is forever if it's not that great? If it's kind of whatever? 
Sometimes that's more of a curse than it is a blessing. So what does Jesus mean by eternal life? What he means by eternal life is that the life that he gives you when you finally realize that you want to go towards him, the life that he gives you is the very life of God. God is now saying to each and every one of you, he knocks on the door of your heart and he says, I want you now to live in my life. I'm not just going to give you a life where you live forever, but I'm going to give you the most blessed of lives. I'm going to give you the most grace-filled of life. And as I knock on your heart, I'm inviting you to it. By Jesus, when we die in Jesus, when we are baptized in Jesus, we are invited into the very life of God. When we are invited into the life of God, it's life and it's life to the fullest. There is nothing greater than to live that life with God, with God that He Himself wants to share with each and every one of you. And guess what? We get a taste of that each and every Sunday when Jesus visits your heart. When you come here to receive communion, you receive a taste of the divine life of God. You receive a taste of the divine life that He wants to give you for all eternity. But He gives it to you here. You see, what we eat every Sunday, the, the bread that we receive every Sunday, points towards something greater. In the first reading, here is this manna. Their Jews are in, are in the desert, and God hears their complaining, He hears their grumbling. And so He sends down food from heaven, He sends down bread from heaven. But this food by the next day spoils. It's not complete. Jesus says, the complete food is me. The food that does not spoil, the food that lasts forever, is myself. And we trust in his words. We trust in his words above all else. My brothers and sisters, I want us to focus on our sin. I want us to focus and kind of laser focus, right, with a very, very, very particular concentration on our sins. What are these sins that we, re we repeatedly fall into? What are these sins that we continuously struggle with? What are these sins that we become too comfortable with? What are these sins that we don't want to confess? Because what's the point? I'm going to do them again anyway, whatever it might be. Or the sins that we fall too comfortable in and we go to confession each and every time and repeat the same sins over and over and over again. What are these sins that I'm getting too comfortable with? What are these sins that I'm not giving over to Jesus? What are these sins that I'm not allowing Jesus' light to shine on and to conquer. You see, so often we sit in the darkness because the light reveals something we don't like about ourselves. It reveals something we don't like about ourselves. It reveals that we have other masters in our life that is not God. And what is this master? What is it? What is this sin that is defining us? Laser focus. Which sins are they? Do you let anger define you? Do you let lust define you? Do you let money define you? Do you let power? Do you let pride? Do you let shame? Do you let anxiety? Do you let all these things define you? What is it that is defining you? Is it Jesus? Second, we have to trust the power of Jesus as He enters into our life. Again, many times we don't we don't really want to acknowledge the light again because it reveals a bad part of us. Because it reveals a shameful part of us. And when Jesus enters into our life, it's something very violent. It's not something we want to do. Because it means that we no longer get to dwell in the darkness. We no longer get to dwell in what we're comfortable in, these comfortable sins that we run away to. 
but we're pulling out these sins. We allow Jesus to root out these sins, to pluck them out of, the, of, of our hearts. And when you pluck them out of the hearts, some soil comes along with it. Some things will hurt. But Jesus wants to do this because He says, this is how you receive life eternal. That sometimes these deep-rooted sins must be plucked out. And when they are plucked out, it's a very violent thing. But once you undergo the violent, the bloody, the mess that goes on your heart when you let Jesus in, then there's a resurrection. Then Jesus is able to live in your heart. Then Jesus is able to give you a new heart. A heart that is focused on Him. It hurts, but it's worth it. There are so many ways, my brothers and sisters, we are so blessed in the 21st century. There are so many ways that we are able in which we can focus more and more on Jesus each day. You know? Christian music is available and just kind of everyone has, an, uh, has a phone, right? You kind of hit it, you kind of search it on YouTube, whatever it might be, and it comes up. You like podcasts? There's a million. You like to read? Books have never been cheap. Whatever it might be. You like to pray? There's an app on the phone now or you can do a traditional rosary, whatever it might be. There are so many ways in which we can connect with God, in which we allow God to enter into our hearts to work on there's no shortage of ways. But do it today. Allow Jesus to enter into your heart. To shine that light upon those dark areas. To really focus on your sin that you get too comfortable with. Pluck them out. So that Jesus becomes the foundation. And that Jesus is able to give us a new heart. A heart that is focused on Him and only Him. Amen?